welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. challenging us uh, to, to, uh, to do God's will, to make yourself available to whatever God desires for your life. We don't get to choose what pleases God. 
We have to discover. We have to ask the Father, what would your will be for my life? And once he says it, we have to do it. Thus, the title of my message, Total Commitment to the Kingdom's Agenda. Total Commitment to the Kingdom's Agenda. And we're going to be uh, out of Luke 22nd chapter, and we're going to go 39 through 43. But before I get to the text, um, we often, I'm amazed how we try. I, I, I actually, you know, my favorite biblical character is Jonah. Why Jonah, Pastor Jonah? Because Jonah's a runner. He ran from God, tried, you know, did not want to do God's, God's will, God's way. Jonah wanted to do it his way. And I can, I, I can identify with that. And every man of God who has submitted uh, to God's will for his or her life had to come to that point. Had to come to that point in his or her life. I'm going to stop trying to do life my way and I'm going to surrender to the Spirit of God and, and the Spirit of God leading me and I'm going to do it God's way. Amen? So my assignment this morning is to challenge us. I said us because I'm including myself. To totally surrender to what God is calling us to do. Even now. Even now. If you turn with me to Luke 22. 22nd chapter. We're going to start at 39th verse. And he came out and went as was, was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, disciples, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from the disciples about a, a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed. And this is what Jesus prayed. Father, if it, if it, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Take it away from me, God. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So a clear statement for this message that I want you to remember is this. God is calling believers to live with the attitude of nevertheless. You got to have a nevertheless attitude to discover what God's plan is for your life, sharpen your gifts and ability that God has given you, and use them to His glory. Because I, I know I'm trying, I run a construction business back in Florida, third generation. It was actually started since 19, uh, 1953. Um, so I, I know about the hustle and bustle of life. And you sense this call. That God has. Michael, I need you to preach my word. I need you to teach my word. But Lord, I got concrete to pour. I got houses to build. I got children to raise, Lord. You know, you don't understand? You say, yes, I understand. But I need you to preach my word. So this is the attitude that I had to come to. That's why I said, uh, I actually preached this message in 2020, my first message. Um, and this is what God told me, Mike, you have to have a nevertheless attitude. You clearly understand what you want to do. 
and you clearly understand what God wants you to do, and you come to the point and say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So if you want to take any notes today, you've got to write down that. God is calling believers to live with the attitude of nevertheless. And let me, let me, let me go through some things with you. A major decision in achieving this attitude is making the kingdom's agenda priority. That is, that is fundamental in coming up with this attitude. You have to make the kingdom's agenda, God's kingdom's agenda. Remember, you have an agenda. Your, your spouse has an agenda. Your children have an agenda. Your pastor even has an agenda. But God has an agenda that must be discovered. And once you discover it, you have to make it your priority. Whatever I sense the spirit leading me to do, I'm going to spend, you know, uh, your pastor's burying his mother doing the memorial. She and his auntie, your auntie, that was a beautiful story about your auntie. But she, her life is over. The word of God says this, it's a point another man wants to die, and then you got to stand before God and give up account. And he's going to let you know whether you lived with the attitude of nevertheless. Did you live with the attitude of not my will, but thy will? Or was it all about your will? And as believers, you're going to have to stand before you. We're going to have to stand before our creator and give that account. Amen. So here's a little diagram for you. Most of our lives are set up like this. You know, when Christians, uh, when Christ is low on a believer's priority pole, it is impossible to achieve or maintain the attitude of nevertheless. See, see what finances is? Top of the pole. Everybody's money-minded. I don't know about here on the island, but I'm quite sure y'all human just like, you know, everybody else. Everybody got bills. Everybody got financial concerns. And then we want to drop family down in there. We want to drop friends. We want to drop entertainment. Everybody want to be entertained. We'll slip a little church in there. And then what Jesus at on the totem pole? Dead last. Dead last. So you wonder why you're not, you're not receiving the promises that God says his obedient children will receive. Because he's too low on your priority pole. He's not first in your life. Now let me make some tension with this text. The tension text is this. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. We got to put God first. But, and I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to people who say with their mouth, I am in covenant with the God of the universe. And the God of the universe say, you know, chose to send his son to save me. And I acknowledge my right relationship with God through what Jesus did at the cross. You make that verbal confession. But your feet tell a whole different story. Because when God wants us to do things, we get it. God gets every excuse in the book. I'm too busy. I got this going on. I'm talking to me first. So don't think I'm, I'm preaching that to you. I'm talking to me first. I give God every excuse. If this happens to hit, 
your heart, so be it. But it's to me first. We have to seek you first, the kingdom of God. Now, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which is my favorite Bible verse of all, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We trust way too much in ourselves. Way too much, beloved. Beloved, we trust too much in our own way of thinking. I call it this. I teach a lot of Sunday school. But I say we all suffer from this disease. And you know what that disease is called? Seemeth right disease. There's a way to a man that seemeth right, but end leads to destruction. So we all suffer from that disease. So therefore, we have, to not, uh, we have to not trust in ourselves. We have to do what Proverbs 3, 5 says. We have to trust in the Lord with everything, all our heart, minds, and soul. You got to remember this. I'm going to keep saying this, this phrase because I wanted to stick. God is calling believers to live with the attitude of nevertheless. You got to get that, beloved. That's going to take us that's going to take the church. I always say this. We always try to do 21st century church in the 21st century. But we got it wrong. We literally need to do first century church in the 21st century. We don't need to change it. We need to go back how Paul, Peter, Timothy, all the authors of the book, how they did church. That's how church needs to be done. We need to rediscover God's purpose and plan for his people so we can carry out that mission and have our father pleased with us. Remember this now. Everybody want to hear well done. But let me break your heart. You won't hear well done unless you've done well. You'll never hear well done unless you've done well. So here how it's supposed to be. Here how you, here, I want you to if you got your phone, take a picture. You need to make it a conscious decision to make your priority pole in your life look like this. And you got to follow me now because it, it might be challenging. And some of, us, some of you might think that I'm doctrinally wrong with my order. But I trust me, it is correct. Uh, you want Jesus first. You want Christ first in your life. Uh, Matthew 6.33 uh, testifies to that. You want your family next. You want your loved ones. The ones that God has given you accountability over. Your children and your wife. You want those to come next. In your church. Very important part. Uh, Jesus said that, that he'll establish the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? So the church is next. Then that money come in line. That money on the pole now. I ain't say take the money off the pole. The money is important. So after church, then your finances, now we got our friends. You know, our, our constituents, those who, you know, they are important in our life. God has made us for a community. He didn't make us as islands amongst ourselves. And I love in service today how the pastor just acknowledged all of the members. He gave acknowledgement to all the members. He gave, he acknowledged the birthdays. He acknowledged the sweet young sister right here on the, on the third row. Gave her a nice bouquet of fruit. That's what we have to do. We have to acknowledge our, our church family and friends. That's what we have to do. 
and then we can entertain. If we find time, we can get some entertainment in there. Amen? So as we go back through the text, and it came, um, 39 says, and it came, and he came out and went as was custom. Don't miss that. He came out. Who is he? Jesus came out and went as was his custom. What's your custom? What do you customarily do? That is a rhetorical question. I'm not looking for any answers. But just think in your mind. What, what's my custom? Jesus' custom was to go spend time with the Father in the Mount of Olives. He, went time, he, went, he, he took time all the time and prayed to the Father. Because he needed the instructions of the Father to fulfill the will of the Father. You can't say, I'm trying to do the will of the Father, and you don't spend time with the Father to get the will. We have to spend time. Oh, beloved, it's, 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 it's tight, but it's right. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. He's telling his disciples, temptation is all around us. The temptation to sin, not just the, now let me, let, me, let me clarify something for a pastor. Because when we think about sin, we think about smoking, doing drugs, you know, uh, fornication. We think about all the big stuff. But you know what God told me? He said, Mike, you know what's also included in sin? Not doing what I tell you to do. If you heard me give you specific instructions to do a specific thing in the body of Christ, and you choose not to do it, it's sin. It's disobedience. Sin is to miss the mark. So we have to re re recalibrate our minds to think that sin is not just the bad stuff God told me not to do, but it's the good stuff to God told me to do that I'm not doing. Amen? So he's telling the disciples you need to pray so you don't fall into invitation. And, with, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away, kneeled down and prayed. Watch this. Next slide. This is, this is crucial. This is crucial, beloved. We have to P-R-A-Y so that we don't become P-R-E-Y for the enemy. We have to pray to the Father. Because if we don't, we're going to become prey for the enemy. And this is not the world. Believers who don't spend time with the Father become prey for the enemy. Our adversary, the devil, is doing what? Roaming around, seeking whom he may devour. Just like that lion. That lion is on the hunt. Our enemy, the enemy of our soul is on the hunt. But let me, let me, let me, let me make sure my perspective is healthy. He can't touch your salvation. And the enemy knows that. We are secure in the hand and the heart of the Father. Amen? But you know what he's after? He's after your productivity. He wants you to be saved and totally unproductive. So therefore, when you go before the Father, you can't hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you haven't done anything. It's going to be a grievous day to have to stand before the God, for, for the for the for the Father and not have done what He's called us to do. Amen. And this is what He said in His prayer, saying, "Father, if You are willing, remove this cup from me. 
See now, most people think Jesus was trying to get out of the cross. But this display is of his uh, hypostatic union. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. So when he died on the cross, he felt every nail in his hand. He felt all the spikes in his feet. He felt the crown of thorns in his head. He felt all the agony of the cross that he was bearing for us. He did no sin, but became sin so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he's praying. This is a lot, all the sins of the world. I think John said it best. When, uh, when Jesus was coming over the mountainside, coming to get baptized by John the Baptist, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Right? So all the sin of the world is bared on the back of Jesus preparing to go to the cross. Right? Therefore, he says, remove this cup from me. He didn't want, he was, he was displaying in his humanity that it was going to be a painful situation. For me to come to, to, uh, to St. Thomas, right? St. Thomas, right? Amen. <laughs> Y'all looked at me like I was somewhere else. <laughs> For me to come to St. Thomas, I literally, I have like 12 employees. I had to literally schedule, you know, I, it was a lot. I had to pay because I didn't, I didn't want to take a week off and have some guys go unpaid. You know, because I'm going to do this mission trip. So I literally, after, I paid my guys to be off this week while I came here. That was hard. <laughs> Remember what the finance on the totem pole. It used to be at the top for me. So for me, God said, you pay them. You go do what I told you to do. I said, I need to stay up. He said, pay them. Let them stay off and pay them. I said, oh, Lord. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and so I paid my debt, so now I'm here, right? Amen. So nevertheless, is an attitude, uh, is an attitude believers develop by first discovering the kingdom's agenda. You must discover what God's kingdom agenda is for your life. You can't choose it. You can't make it up. You have to pray to the Father, spend time, spend intimate time with the Father and discover what God wants you to specifically do in your life while you have life. We have to discover that. The second thing is make the primary objective, making it what you discover, making it the primary objective. Once you discover what God wants you to do, God has given me a teaching here, right? So God, he said, now I want you to sharpen that gift of teaching so you go teach with power, conviction, Amen. authority. Amen. I don't want you going up embarrassing me. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Go take time and, and, and sharpen yourself, prepare yourself so you can go and present a clear word to my people. Amen? Amen? I'm a work in progress now. I, I, I'm a work in progress. Amen? Finally, this is what you got to do. Make the decision to obey. You got to make that decision. That's what nevertheless is all about. Making the decision to obey. And, and, and oh, Lord, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I've been in church my whole life. Don't get it twisted. Literally, 
my whole life. I, I probably was born on the altar. I mean, I've just been in church my whole life. So when I make when I make this statement, don't think I'm not including myself. Coming to church every Sunday is not necessarily having the full attitude of nevertheless. Just coming in and out of the church every Sunday morning is not necessarily. Because remember what I said. You don't make up what God's will is for your life. You discover it. And then once you discover it, he might tell me, I don't need you in the building no more. I need you here. For me, he was like, I need you in St. Thomas. He in St. Thomas? Yes, I need you in St. Thomas. And then, oh, this is what he said, I promise you. I got this message ready. It didn't work out perfectly, but your, your uh, media is beautiful. So they got it on the screen. Thank you. Thank you. So, but the Lord said, you better get a message ready. I know you're going just because it's your first mission trip. Say, but you better get a message ready. And I'm like, Bobby gonna be cool, you know what I'm saying? We good. The phone call rang Thursday. I'm not going. Oh Lord, here it is. I gotta get myself ready. I gotta do what God is calling me to do. And this is the mindset that we have to have. Whenever the Spirit calls, we have to answer the phone and say, What do you want? And I'll do it. I'm willing, I'll obey. Amen. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven and strengthened him. Most of us looking for strength and encouragement. Do you know your strength and encouragement is only in your obedience to God? That's where your strength and encouragement is. That's where your peace is. That's where your sound mind is. That's where your courage is. Anybody, anybody hopeless? Feeling hopeless in this world? Obey God. Hope will show up. Because now you're fulfilling the purpose that God designed you for. Man. We have to get it right. So you, you see he, he's, being, uh, he's being heavenly helped. And there, was a, there appeared to him an angel from heaven and strengthened him. Jesus, listen to this. Jesus understands the struggles. He understands. He's our high priest. And he understands every affliction. I said it's the hypostatic union. Christ was 100% man and 100% God. He understands everything you're going through. Watch this. Male or female. He understands our fears, our inhibitions, the way we feel inadequate about ourselves. We don't feel worthy. We don't feel equipped to do what God is calling us to do. He understands all of that. And but watch this. We face when we see he understand that. So he's there to help you while you're developing the attitude of nevertheless. You know, God told me a long time ago. He said, Mike, know this. You need to know this. And it, that's been over 25 years ago. He told me this. And, it, and it's been growing over the years. He said, I'm perfectly committed to perfecting your imperfections. I am perfectly committed. I'm committed to you. The calling that I have for you, that's why I gave you my spirit. You see, my, 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 your weakness, uh, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So you, it's cool that you're weak and you don't feel uh, able, uh, able or willing to do God's will. God said, good. 
I need you to do it by the power of my spirit anyway. So don't have no confidence in yourself. Have all the confidence in God and God's spirit flowing through you. Amen. Hebrews 4.15 says this, and I just went over this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He understands what we're going through, but he, the, see the without sin part? Makes him our savior. Makes him our redeemer. Makes him our, makes him our heavenly help. We need him. Amen. Amen. I'm almost out your head. We can faithfully, uh, we can fulfill our kingdom uh, purpose by doing these two things and find closing. This is why we can do it. Because Jesus paid the penalty. He paid it all. And, and having this nevertheless attitude is simply a response to what Jesus did at the cross. If you actually understand the sacrifice that was made at the cross for you personally, nevertheless, is no problem. And it's because we don't understand the sacrifice that was made that we have a problem with nevertheless. But if you understand that he paid the penalty that, that was going to damn you to hell for eternity. And I had no way of escaping that but by his grace and mercy. Simply by his grace and mercy. Why he chose me, I don't know. I really don't care. I'm just glad he did. I'm glad he did. And I'm here in St. Thomas today to preach this message to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving a wretch like me. I didn't deserve to be a part of your beloved. But you decided, Lord, to save me. And so as a a token of gratitude, I'm going to give you my full obedience. I'm going to give you a nevertheless attitude. Whatever whatever you want me to do, God, here am I. Send me. I want to do your work. Amen? The last point is this. Jesus left us the power. You have the Holy Spirit in you. We are earthen vessels with this treasure in us. The power of God is in you. He didn't die. Listen, listen, beloved. He didn't go die for everything he did at that cross at Calvary, at Golgotha Hill, for you to sit in church every Sunday. He didn't go through all that. He, called, he, he went through all that so you could respond to it in a, uh, a totally committed life to the kingdom's agenda. That's what he died for you for. That should be our response. I want to love on you, Lord, because of your expression of love towards me. So my last statement is going to be the one I want you to remember. God is calling believers to live with the attitude of nevertheless. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to turn it back over to your pastor. Thank you, pastor. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.